0: everything we do requires our body i mean again that seems obvious it seems like duh but like even thinking requires your body requires your brain which lives in your body which is connected to all the rest of you
1: welcome to soul logic not your breathy spirituality this is neither tie-dye, running through fairy fields, nor corporate performance metrics, but increasing your inner authority and personal freedom, moving you from the corporate mindset to a conscious mindset.
0: We're your hosts, Cindy and Scott, and we're here to put the practical into awakening.
1: Welcome to this episode of Soul Logic. Today, we're going to be talking about the topic of embodiment. And embodiment, we have our body, which is such an incredible source of intelligence and knowledge that, unfortunately, many of us are just not conditioned to or even educated to leverage to learn from. And in this episode, as Cindy and I have both been learning more about how to use our body, how to hear our body, and how to leverage our body's intelligence, we, not as experts, but as those learning this process, We'll be discussing it, so Cindy i'm going to turn it over to you because you have more experience with this than I do.
0: It's my hot topic it's the the thing that I'm exploring right now, and we talked about exploration, and this is my new exploration I think in my in my journey here and I am learning so much and experiencing so much, and it's been really a rich experience and i'm I'm just having a great time learning and I think I feel like some of the things I want to share to some people who are listening might be like, duh, <laughs> because it does feel very obvious, but there's just some things that I don't know about you, Scott, when, when you read something and you've probably read it three times or you've experienced something, you know, a few times, but the the one time it finally resonates, it's like the big light bulb goes off and you're like, oh, now I get it. I feel like I'm having moment after moment of that with embodiment. And so I'm kind of excited to share. I think it's, I don't think I'm alone. In experiencing some of these things or having these realizations for the first time. And one of the things that, one of those aha moments or sort of obvious moments for me starting out was that everything we do requires our body. I mean, again, that seems obvious. It seems like duh. But like even thinking requires your body, requires your brain, which lives in your body, which is connected to all the rest of you. And, you know, if you think about, some of the, even the idioms that we have, like swallowing your pride, that's a body function that's going with like a mind function, right? Or you know, you're know, you holding back tears or you're bracing yourself against some criticism or something that's coming in. That's going to be maybe a bit emotional. I just, the fact that all of that takes place in your body. Again, I know I say it maybe every podcast about living from the neck up and very logical, but, and this is logical. Of course, everything happens in your body, but it just isn't something that was in my awareness before really starting to dive into this. And since I've had that realization or that awareness in my brain, it's just been so interesting to see how things as, as you know, you live your life, as you have experiences, even day-to-day experiences, nothing, nothing, even like big, how much you, you feel stuff like, oh that, you know, my, my chest is feeling a little tight. I'm a little stressed. Well, why, well, what's that about? Oh gosh, there's this project I haven't started. That's kind of niggling away at, at me And it's causing me to have some anxiety where in my mind, I would drive myself crazy before, but now I can start to feel the tightness in my chest or, you know, any, any number of things like that. So it's just been a really interesting awareness to have. And then one of the other facts that I've been really diving into is with Amanda Blake. She wrote a book called your body is your brain. And she does a great job of connecting the science with the embodiment and some, some of these spiritual practices that are just also like the light bulbs are going off left and right. And it's really, really cool. But she's really talking about how, I mean, we've all been hearing more and more about how your gut is really important and how, you know, it's important in your diet. It's important and to take care of it, but it's also really, really good intelligence. It's actually a second brain that we have in our bodies and it can even bypass the brain, especially in those fight or flight freeze kind of moments where our survival is at stake. So I'll take a pause there. Let you jump in, Scott. I don't know what your embodiment journeys are. If you're having these sort of aha moments too, and you know, I can get totally nerdy about this, and I can get totally experiential. So let's just figure out which way we want to go, or both.
1: I like the both because I I always like to there to be options. So I think it'll be really cool to hear the nerdy side of you and get <laughs> all of that information. And also, I think the experiential is really important too. And I have a story that I can share because I. When you said it's kind of like common sense, like, duh, as you said, everything we do involves our body. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that is so true. I mean, of course we know it, but do we really know it? Because if we really knew it, we'd pay attention to it. And I'm sitting here like with this light bulb moment thinking, yes, that's so true. Shocking.
0: I'm so glad it's not just me.
1: (laughs) It's not just you and not at all. So maybe I'll tell a story that... As you said that, it brought me back to something that happened about six months ago. I ha- I woke up one morning with this incredible lower back pain, my right side. Now, I never had back pain. And I thought, oh, my God, did I hurt myself in bed? Like, what happened? I mean, there was nothing I could relate it to, attribute it to. I didn't do anything. I wasn't out shoveling snow or something, right? It just had this really, really strong back pain. And I had it all day. It was a weekend. I had it all day Saturday all day Sunday. And it was not, and I don't usually take medication, but I even took some painkiller on Sunday afternoon. That's how bad it was because I don't usually, you know, take that, but mostly because I don't want to numb my body, right? I want to feel and hear the messages that are coming from my body. So I had my own coaching session with my coach on Monday afternoon. And I was not intending to talk about this, but it was hurting so bad. I said to my coach, you know, I think I want to talk about my back. And she said, tell me about your back. (laughs) I said, well, I've got this back pain and I love Louise. Hay. are you familiar with her work? Yeah. Yeah. And she has a lot of, you know, you can heal your life, right? One of her, one of her epic books has been out there for probably over 40 years now. And so I said to my coach, well, I know that the, this is on the right side of my body. So the right side of the body is the masculine side of the body. It's the side of the body where it's taking the action right? It's the doing side of the body, the, the left side being the more feminine side, the receptive side, the, that side, but this is the right side. It's the lower back. So I went to Louise Tay's book and I looked at that and it was about financial, like fear of money, lack of financial support. So I was actually going to take that as like business, right? right? Because that all had to do with business and I have my own business. So I started talking about this and I said, I have a feeling like this is something to do with my business. And it what I realized was through the coaching session that I was trying, my business had grown and I was trying to do too much myself. And I wasn't I wasn't delegating or, or hiring contractors or other people to be able to help me in the business. And once we came up with that, it was, it was shocking. Like once I realized that, honest to God, the back pain was, I, I sent my coach a message like two hours later, I said, the pain is like 80% less. And by the next and I and I actually knew what I needed to do. I was just delaying taking this action to get some help, to to look at some systems that would help me right streamline my business a little bit. And I was delaying taking the action. And then by the next day, it was completely gone. I had taken the action I needed to take and it, it was shocking. What makes me sad is I, I feel like a lot of people, they never make that next step, like they don't ask that question because all people think of is I have pain. I have to numb my pain. Yes. That's what I didn't do, right? I did not want to numb the pain because I knew that there was something there, but it got so bad. I did actually have to take a painkiller.
0: The conclusion I'm drawing in general, as I look at this and, and dive into, into the embodiment is that our body is actually smarter than our brain. And I'll share, I mean, cause I think your body is saying, hey, there's something wrong here. Like your mind is not addressing it. Go get this handled. I have kind of a similar experience. I was actually giving myself my brain was giving my body high blood pressure. And I'm not a high blood pressure person. I'm typically pretty even keeled and whatnot. And this has been several years ago, but I was starting to have heart palpitations. And I just, I was like, okay, like what is, what's going on here? And it got so bad that I actually went to the doctor and my blood pressure was high, but it wasn't high enough to actually start taking medication. And it scared me enough to be like, okay, but I don't want it to get to that point and i also to the point you're making ask the question i'm like what is causing this what is going on well at the time i so i work remote so i don't see my coworkers my bosses very often and i had had a stint of time where i wasn't on an active project so i was just doing stuff from home and i in that window of time between sort of these major projects i made up stories in my mind that were not even true and so when I start, when I sat down with the high blood pressure, I thought, okay, well, what's stressing me out. It's my job. My job is stressing me about what, what about my job is stressing me out? Well, and I just went through the story and I think because I wasn't quote unquote being productive on a project, my mind was like, oh, you are not doing, you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. Not doing enough. And it literally created stories. So my two bosses were coming in town the next day. It all kind of came to a head. And I was freaking out. I mean, now to the point where I'm like, they're going to fire me. They're going to, I'm done. You know, this is all over. I'm kaput. (laughs) No wonder I had high blood pressure. (laughs) And the night before, I remember I sat down and I just said, okay, what's real? What's real? And I literally listed out, I looked at the results of things I'd been doing in this window of time and the statistics, the data were highly supportive of me actually doing a good job. None of what my mind was telling me was based in fact, because when I put the facts down, I was fine. And in that moment, I could feel my body relax. And it was like, oh my God, like she finally (laughs) figured this out that her mind is driving my body to be in complete stress and in survival mode to the point where I was getting heart palpitations. So it's like, I feel like my body knew and it was like giving me signs like, hey, here's a little palp. Palpitation. Hey, you're still not listening. Here's a few more. Here's a few more. Now I'm going to really just give you a good indication. And I, I think you're right. Like I could have gone to the doctor and just gotten medication that would bring my blood pressure down. And, but it wouldn't have solved the problem. My mind would still have been racing and my body would still, then my body was even more muted to be able to give me those signs.
1: Yeah. Great story. And I'm thinking as, as you're describing that, and just the, if, if you went that route to, Takes a medication, it would then just bring you further from your body, right? Like more disembodied, more out of balance.
0: I'm gonna share some information I have and I hope I'm gonna get it right. So please, if anybody's listening and I don't get this quite right, you know, you can chat us and we'll correct it or whatnot. But I just read something really recently about the science of basically emotions and memories. And it what makes me think of it is that when I'm in this cycle of Oh, I'm not doing a good job. I'm not doing a good job. What's happening is your body is actually creating your emotions are actually chemicals. I'm having the stress. Oh my gosh, I'm not doing a good job. That sends chemicals to my body. I don't know which ones I'm sure somebody could tell me (laughs) exactly which ones. And then basically your body goes, Oh, this is a, a, a moment that we need to record because this is, we need to survive this. And then that gets put into your neural pathways. Again, I'm I'm glazing at this. No, 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 you're
1: absolutely, you're absolutely right. I I think it's cortisol, but
0: okay. um, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, the more I let my mind run in these neural patterns, the more my body is emitting these chemicals of these emotions. And I'm just in this unending loop of chemicals and emotions and, and neural pathways that are not helping me in any way, shape or form. And you can see how this would be true, like not just in a work scenario, but if you've had any kind of trauma that's running you know how you play it over and over and over in your head even if it's an argument with somebody if you keep thinking about it it's it's kicking up those emotions those chemicals and keeping you in place if you don't get out of it
1: yeah so true and one thing that you said just a few minutes ago about and I wrote it down what's real that simple question what's real is is such a great opportunity for reality we talked about reality checking our course right robot to awakening is such a great place to Be able to identify what is real here because if we don't do that, that emotion does get trapped and exactly what you describe happens and it impacts how we interact with people, events, situations in the future. But if we're able to pause and ask that question, what's real, and have a little bit of reality check with ourselves, feel the emotion. That's the important thing, right? Feel that emotion so that it doesn't get trapped in our body.
0: It's so true. And I think the one other thing I wanted to share about embodiment uh, too, is I think in that moment, it's like your body is right now and your mind can be in the past. Your mind can be in the future. Amanda Blake, who I referenced before, she talks about that as your conceptual self-awareness is your brain. It's based in language and symbols It's very rational. It's logical. It's about facts and details. Although the facts may not be correct. Right. If in my example, I was making up facts in my head versus actually looking at the facts, the real facts or
1: the emotions from before could be impacting how the facts are being interpreted.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's actually language in your brain too. this whole self-concept, like how do you speak to yourself? Right. I mean, are you negative, positive? Are you like, Oh, you are crazy. Oh, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna get fired. It's like all those things. When the facts you're taking different facts, you're being selective. Whereas the body is always right now. The body can't be anywhere, but right now, like no wonder it has so much intelligence for us. Like it's just always right here. And that the value of that, I think is something I have completely missed until really recently in diving into that. And so your body Is sensing and feeling. It's that constriction in my chest, or that palpitation, or your back pain, or you know, knee pain. Whatever it is, it's your body is like, hey, right now, I have a problem. Right now, (laughs) and if you don't listen to me, it's going to get worse, and I might spread through your body. It's also temperature. Like you might get hot or cold. You might get like those little pricks on your neck of like danger coming or something's not quite right. And it's also your motor function. You know, you think about survival mode and something scares you and you freeze, like it can also basically temporarily paralyze your, your bodily function. So I just thought that was super interesting of like, of course, your mind can be in any sort of time zone, if you will, but your body is always in this time zone. So if you really want to be present into what's happening with you right now, it's what's going on in your body.
1: Yes, the body is right now. And I was just thinking, you know, as, as you were speaking, and the body's everywhere, Right, it's everywhere we are, but it's only in that moment, in the present moment, and it is such a great um, receiver of the information. You know, when we we've talked about our heart and how magnetic our heart is, and how the magnetic field of the heart, heart math has done some great research on this, which is fascinating. It extends, I think, it's like six to nine feet outside of us, all around us. That's why you can have your eyes closed, and you could have noise canceling headsets on and still perceive somebody coming close to you even if you can't hear them or see them but your body knows i mean it's such an incredible sensor which is amazing which as you've said is giving us so much information but so many of us we're ju- we're just not conditioned to listen to it and to use it and to and to leverage it and to ask our body what's going on here so i want to tell another story i've got a friend whose mother has for a period of time now had tinnitus or had a ringing in the ears with tinnitus, right? But the doctors aren't necessarily sure that it's tinnitus. So I started looking up what the meaning of that could be like a ringing in the ears and it's refusal to listen, not hearing the inner voice or stubbornness. Well, she is stubborn and, and a refusal to listen. Absolutely. So there's a lot of that going on. And I think it's so interesting because if we can take our ego out of it, that mind of ours that is so useful, but so detrimental at the same time, if we can take our ego out of it and ask ourselves, what's real here? And what do I need to learn? Like, what's my, what's the message here? And we have to be willing to receive it because there's so much there. Just like with me with the my back. And when I realized I know what I need to do, but I wasn't doing it. And the longer I was delaying taking action, I just, for no valid reason, Woke up with this incredible backache from sleeping. <laughs> I don't even get backaches.
0: I had an injury from working out, it's just like a muscle pull, right? Like just like a little bit of an ache. And, you know, I'm getting a little older and I don't want to admit it. Right? And so I don't want to slow down either. So I want to keep doing my weights. And yet every time I go, it would hurt afterward. And then, till at one point, my face starts going numb. And I'm like, okay. Now you have my attention. Like now, I'm going to go address it. And you know, basically, I I had a pinched nerve, and it was getting worse and worse. I was aggravating it every single time. Now that's a sports injury, kind of. But another example of not listening to our bodies and our minds wanting to not. My mind didn't want to be any feel any older. I wanted to feel 20, and I can lift weights with no problem and no injury.
1: Yeah, good example, and one that I'm sure we can all relate to.
0: Yes, but I also want to flip this on its head a little bit too, because. I'm also going back to way back in my advertising days. I don't know where I came across it, but there's this thing called the 60 second smile. Have we talked about this before? Where you smile for 60 seconds, like you just force it. Like you just, you just plaster a smile on your face and it changes your body chemistry and you, it changes your mood. It's like, if you, we just did it right now. Like if we just, you know, we're on the podcast and you just like plaster a smile on your face. Like we would do it right before we go into a meeting and we would stand in a small group, just like smile and, you know, you'd feel ridiculous at first. And then you'd start to be like, ha ha, ha, ha And then you'd be like, then you'd be like, ha ha like really, really laughing, like for, for real. Right. And then you'd go in the meeting and you, your energy would just be super high and you'd feel good. And you would walk in and t- feeling tall and posture straight and engaged and friendly and all that kind of stuff. And it was really amazing. So the body can work in your favor in like in a positive, not, I guess, the stuff we've been talking about isn't negative. I mean, it's good information, but it can, you can use it as a tool, I guess, as well for good for yourself in that way with the, the 60 second smile or tapping into your intuition, which we've talked about before.
1: Well, I think once you understand the the power of the the body and, and all that it can do, we become more intentional. Yes. And so when we're more deliberate and what you've just mentioned, right? Yes. It's not. I mean, it's, it's leveraging the the intelligence of our body and saying, okay, we're going to shift the energy here and this is how we're going to do it. And I've heard that. And I've heard like the power poses and they do work. They absolutely do whether you, whether you want to be Superman, Wonder Woman, or the CEO, right? You hold the pose for a couple of minutes. There's a great Ted talk on that. Yep. And it does work You know, before a job interview or before something important. The, yep. the, the laughing is, is fantastic. I agree.
0: Yeah. I think just like our minds can take in information and create new ideas and put them back out. So does our body, right? Our body takes in information, can feed information about palpitations and pains and things like that. And it can also have a positive impact back on the mind. I mean, if you think about like the mental, like sports, sports medicine, you use the mind. I, I know there's a study around basketball players shooting free throws. And if they just envision it in their mind, they became better free throw shooters because the the body doesn't know the difference that it's not actually shooting hoops it's like the same in reverse like you can use your body to amp up your energy and your physical well-being and your mind doesn't know the difference either it's just i don't know it's kind of i was going to say mind blown but maybe it's body blown i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just yeah the way it all works together in a new way that i had never thought about how the how it really works in tandem and we haven't even talked about the heart piece i, I think there's a lot of information out there about the brain, the heart and the gut being three, three brains. We have a lot the of three, intelligence. the three
1: powerful brains. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the tremendous amount of intelligence and, and very different aspects of the intelligence. But when you learn how to recognize them and use them all, it's, 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 it makes our life so much easier. A thought that just came to me is that once you become more aware of the role our body plays, the fact that our body is here with us all the time, right? It's everywhere. It's in the present. And it's, it's it's a sensor. It's a powerful sensor. It's giving us real-time information. So once we understand that, it's not intimidating. And it can really become our ally or our friend, right? And, and we can go to our body and say, okay, what's the message here? What are you trying to tell me? And I found it to be so incredibly useful because sometimes I'll just go into a short meditation and just focus on what, what it is. And the message is there. It's It's very, very clear. And then when I take that action or move... Do whatever it needs to be done in that, with regard to the information that I've just received, I notice things start to change. So, I think the best piece about it is you know, we talk about it's soul logic creating that inner harmony. It's a great way to still recognize the value of our mind and the logic, but also not just our soul, but our entire body, our physical body, right? Has such an important role in our daily life, and let's not be Intimidated by it or ignore it, but if we start to welcome it and use it in a positive way, it can be so helpful.
0: People may hear the term felt sense, and I think that's really the embodiment piece. So, if you are looking to make a decision and you want to tap into both logic and soul and your body, it's that piece of how do I feel? You know, does it make me nauseous? Does it make me feel like Like, I want to throw my arms open wide and be like, yes, yes, yes. You know, somewhere in between. Does it make me shrink and like, oh, no. I mean, that you're just, if you can collect yourself internally and we talk about, or I guess we would recommend meditation as one way to do that, or at least contemplation, something that brings in, quiets the mind and lets you access that felt sense of your body, then you can get a real answer. This is what my mind is saying. This is what I'm thinking. How does that feel? What is the felt sense? What's the felt sense if I go down the left path and what's the felt sense of my body if I go down the right path, even as I'm speaking, that helps me a lot too. not just asking for a yes or no question for one question, but if I did this, how do I feel? And if I did the opposite or a different, if I took a different path, how does that make me feel? The comparison between the two is actually really good information for me that versus just asking for one answer sort of from my whole being. That where I'm like, oh, did I make that up in my head? Like, oh, I don't know. If I can kind of have something to bounce it off of, it really helps me. What? How what, How do you do it, Scott?
1: Oh, absolutely. I've done the same thing where I've gone into a meditation or just quiet in my mind and, and contemplated, you know, a path A or path B and really observed my body. And it was shocking what was coming up because one of them was like this, op- which logically did not make any sense, by the way. But it was this, like, just this sense of wow, it's relaxed. Everything is great. There's opportunity. I just felt great. And the other one was shoulders, kind of, you know, scrunching together, and you know, just feeling like I'm all constricted. Didn't feel good at all. And that was the one that logically seemed like it was the right path, but but no, not at all. So if I if I had done a list of pros and cons, would never have the answer. Would never have been the same as what I what my body was giving me for the information. And I went with how I felt. I went with that felt sense with the better feeling. And I've never had a regret since, which tells me that my brains, my head, you know, my mind, my heart and my gut, there was alignment there. And because of that, there was no regret. So it was, it was powerful.
0: Definitely. And I think, don't you think that ties in just as a last kind of comment or idea that the body can only be now. I also feel like the body can really only be you. Whereas the brain can be you, but it can also be all the other external factors of social norms or pressures or those kinds of things. And it's trying to assess everything. And
1: all all those trapped emotions.
0: Right. And your body is really just feeling you. And you might have those trapped emotions, but it's really just you. So I think that gives your body sort of the trump card, if you will. And you're talking about like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make logical sense to do that. But wow, the reaction, that's where I think the inner... Trust comes from is really listening to that piece. Kudos to you.
1: Yeah, thank you. Which this is great because our podcast following this one will be inner power and leadership. So, you know, when, when you start to really listen to your body and learn from your body and leverage your body, it really helps us with the inner power and leadership, it helps us much more. This has been a fascinating conversation on embodiment. I've learned a lot. So, I want to thank you, Cindy, for sharing.
0: And we're just, and just a caveat, we're just learning. We may do this again when we learn so much more, but this is hopefully a good entree for everyone. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening.